This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You've seen this draft class really, I mean, play above their heads. Now, Dane Belton's had his problems with taking the wrong angle and missing tackles, but he's still been a a positive player for this team. So the interception last week, obviously Bellinger and Neal and Thibodeau, but Wondell Robinson, I think, is the X factor of this whole draft class because when he's been given the balls, he missed all that time being hurt. You see him jump up to the pitch. Okay, I like this. I like what I'm seeing. I, I like some of the elements. But you know, at some point in a position group that we feel is maybe the most starved or suffocated, or whatever word you want to use uh, as far as the depth chart goes, I mean, a guy in a draft class where the draft picks are really producing, you're a second round pick in that position. You just, you want to see the team use them more. I, I, I don't think that that's a, a huge ask. I mean, I, I think he's done everything asked for him so far. Let's go. I mean, it's, it's mid November football. Now let's step up the usage. You know something, Sean, I've been talking to you since the summer about the, this not being, you know, your father's offense. Uh, and so much of what I've seen, I still not come out from behind the curtain yet this year. I was talking to somebody about it this week, and I said, think about it. Giants had one division game against Dallas in the first half of the season as they were trying to weave their way through the trees. It wouldn't have surprised me if Dable and Kafka did purposely hold back not only portions of the playbook, but very large portions of the playbook, thinking that it's easier to run the ball anyway. We're playing... I hate to say this, but a weaker schedule in the first half of the season. Let's see if we can establish the run, get away with it against some of the weaker teams, and then start dusting off those chapters once we get to the second half of the schedule and we've got the Dallas game, the two Philly games, the two Washington games, yeah. and see if we can then bring out the flamethrower against the division teams when they least expect it, yeah, which I think- is why – I don't think they're going to get too wide open against Detroit. I think you may see a little more Wondell Robinson, but probably not the whole enchilada because I think they want to save that for Thanksgiving. So I don't disagree. And I think anybody listening to what you just said might be throwing their arms up in the air and going, but Paul, coaches know you got to focus on the week and win every single week. And there's no coach that exemplifies that so far more this year than Brian Dable. And I agree with right. that. However, however, to that point, what they've done is worked. And I don't think that that Dable would have held anything back if the running the ball wasn't working. I think then that's when he works in some of that stuff. But, you know, Correct. you're seeing a lot of the same run play calls just going left to right, and they can't – these other teams haven't well, stopped it. So why would you open it up? It doesn't mean that they haven't practiced it. It doesn't mean that Kafka can't go to it and call it. But you know what? Hey, what we're doing is working. That's okay to hold some stuff back. And by the way – 
If you think that in the past couple of years, teams haven't done that against the Giants, when the Giants have been kind of the also-rans and stuff, I'm sure that's happened in games to us for the last couple of years where we didn't see the other team's full complement of playbooks. You could even argue in 2020 when the Giants were 6-10 and 10 and had some of those moral victory games that they lost, well, how do we know opponents weren't doing that to the Giants? They knew they were doing enough to beat them anyway. I mean, that's all on the table when you see it from the other point of view. Think about it, right? They played subpar opponents that were offensively challenged, opponents that did not stop the run well. They're trying to get their offensive line together. They've had injuries at left guard. They had a rookie right tackle. They had a brand new center, a brand new right guard to start the season. So these guys were going to need time to gel and mesh anyway. And again, we all know run blocking is easier than pass blocking. We knew that a couple of weeks into the season that the wide receiving core had already started to get banged up. It seems to me that it was on all fronts. The smartest thing to do was not to open up this offense during September and October. It just seems all of the, the roads led to the conclusion that they needed to be a run heavy team, at least for the first half of the season. Yeah, and by the way, this ironically is the time you want to run the ball, right, as you get to the colder weather and everything, but like that, hopefully, you know, the Giants seem to be playing in a fine weather game on Sunday before they go on the road and likely play indoors in Dallas. Now, Paul, let's get to a little bit of the injury stuff, and again, as I remind everybody, every week, we're taping this on Thursday morning, so we don't have the full Thursday injury report, but I thought a couple things were interesting from Wednesday. First, I already teased it a little bit, Kenny Holiday, which... I'm just going to say flat out, Paul, and you don't have to say this, and the Giants would never admit this. Does this seem like a polite way to find a path to making him inactive without being controversial? Uh, I saw him walking with a little bit of a gimp, uh, Okay, to be frank with you, after the game. I mean, okay, so so, they're saying this is a hamstring. I mean. Yeah. I saw him him after the game in the locker room, and as I was going around, you know, to interview the the uh, the key players of the game, and I saw Kenny walk across to his locker, and he was not very fluid. And I said to myself, "Okay, great. So now this guy, you know, had a rough day, got himself benched again. But did he get now, benched? Did he get benched, or was it because he got hurt?" Uh, coach said that they made a change in the se- in the second half because at halftime he went to wide receiver Mike uh, Coach Mike Rowe and told Kenny that they were going in a different direction. Okay. So he was benched. Which and then is, on top of that, he's 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 nicked up again. Which so is am- I, I expected to hear something on Wednesday. I'm not going to lie to you. I knew Sunday afternoon after that game, I was like, I think this is going to be a problem. All right. So there's a couple different layers. And at some point, Kenny Galladay is going to become really irrelevant to these podcasts anyway. And we may be getting I know. Point. But, but this is the one team you'd want him to actually break course, out again. Facing his old team, the line, the line. So here's all I'll say about that. Number one, if he was hurt truly and limping, then thank goodness Dable pulled him because I wonder if if Kenny Galladay, so thirsty and angry by his own in- injuries, but wanting to prove himself, would have been out there and hindered the team in the second half. I mean, I guess that's possible. Don't know. Um, number two, if he really is hurt, and I have no reason to think he isn't, you saw him limping. I mean. Look, we have we felt this way about Kadarius Tony too. It really sucks, and you feel bad for these guys when they get hurt. But if you basically become, you know, the game of operation, and there's always something else that's hurt on you, I it just it comes a point in time where that feels like the ship has sailed. If it already didn't feel that way that he'd be gone after the year, I am at the point right now, November seventeenth. We're taping this. I officially don't expect anything from Kenny Galladay the rest of the year, which is a complete turn from where I was speaking a week ago. 
Uh, that's how I felt as well, Sean. I keep holding out hope because I know the man has put up things in his past that says he's got the toolbox, right. he's got the skill set. And has said and the right God, things. Yes, he has said all the right things, and we know they could use him. Let's not kid ourselves. Yeah. They could use him. But at this point, the uh, the desire and the hope and the optimism is really evaporating rather quickly. And on that note, Wandell was on there limited with a little bit of a, what was it? Was that another hamstring injury I saw? On the yeah, football? yeah, but I think that was more precautionary because he was a bit tweaked. Uh, he was walking around fluidly, and I think they simply did not want to aggravate him knowing that, you know, they've got a game coming up Sunday and then a quick one on Thursday. Why, why get him out there in full practice and aggravate maybe what might be a minor tweak that he could get over and maybe even play with if he has to. Okay. And now the, the biggest one I wanted to get to, which was great news, but maybe I'm wrong on this because I don't expect anything Sunday. I'm thinking more Thanksgiving, Evan Neal returning in a limited role, which is obviously something you want to see the kid play and get reps and continue to get better at right tackle. But I don't know, Paul, I kind of feel like because of the short week coming up with Dallas, that feels like a quick turnaround to come back from injury. Does that, am I getting the right read on that? Do you think Neal could play this week? Or do you think they would hold him back, get him there in the practice, get him the mold and look more towards Dallas? Yeah, my suspicion is that uh, they're trying to prep him for the Cowboys game. Okay. Uh, that's so, how I see it. That's how I, I mean, felt, look, Okay. Look, after being limited in only his first practice back, he didn't even have a full practice, okay? Now, he came through okay. I did talk to him after practice yesterday, and he came through fine. But now, how does he come through overnight? You know, how does he get through a first real practice? These are questions the Giants have to answer. So why rush him back against the Lions when, to be frank with you, Sean, Tyree Phillips has held up okay. Right, and you're playing, again, the worst defense in football where you hope that not by not having Evan Neal, the game's not getting wrecked. Uh, Tyree Phillips has played fine. So, Paul, I, I do find that angle interesting. So me and you are kind of in lockstep or are in lockstep on the Evan Neal situation. Do you think that the Giants are, are thinking that way where they are thinking differently based on the fact that they're playing on a Thursday turnaround as far as a Sunday, as far as, you know, just in general, guys? Or do you think that next week playing on Thursday actually could hurt guys? For instance, Aziz Ojolari, is that something when he's due to get off IR for the Dallas game? Do we think they'd rush him back ahead of that game? Because, you know, it does feel like you'd want to have most bodies on deck as these games get more important in the division. Yeah, for sure. I understand that perspective, Sean, and you would love to have him, but he hasn't done a whole lot of practice. I suspect they may not be able to get him back for the Cowboys. I think they feel very fortunate that they've got Ellison Smith available. They've got Roche available. Zimenez has been playing better. I think that they're thinking more long term. But if by some stretch of the imagination, he is able to get a couple of practices in, maybe Dallas is still in play. I would hesitate to say that, though. Yeah, it's really sucked not seeing Aziz out there as his brother BJ has been tearing up the SEC and watching him as a pass rusher left and right on College Football Saturday. 